You're listening to SMSF Connect podcast on iRadio Live that brings you programs covering a variety of genres under development. Everything else can wait but not agriculture. This statement by India's first prime minister still holds relevance in the present day. Agriculture is the primary source of livelihood in our country. The sector has come a long way since the time of food shortages in our country. The renewed vision of doubling farmers' income upholds the importance of the sector yet again. If we talk about food security, it means that all vulnerable groups have access to safe and nutritious food to maintain a healthy life. This also aligns with the SDG 2 on zero hunger. Hello everyone and welcome to our podcast SMSF Connect. I am Aarti and it is our pleasure to have Mr. Keegan Kotsky from the World Food Prize Foundation with us today to talk about these issues. Welcome Keegan. Oh, thank you so much. Keegan is a senior director Global Youth Programs and Partnerships at the World Food Prize Foundation. Thank you Keegan for agreeing to talk to us today. Uh let me just tell you about uh, World Food Prize Foundation. World Food Prize Foundation is headquartered in Des Moines, US and its mission is to elevate innovations and inspire action to sustainably increase the quality, quantity and availability of food for all. And at SM Segal Foundation also, we have agriculture as one of our flagship programs that has continued since 1999. So let's begin by understanding a little more about your role at the World Food Prize Foundation, Keegan. Absolutely. So I have I have the best job in the world. I get to work every day to create strategic partnerships and programs to inspire and educate and empower the next generation of leaders who are going to take these issues forward and help us achieve a, a world with zero hunger and where the sustainable development goals are advanced and realized in everyone's lives. So it's it's really quite fun and and a big challenge of that is how do we work with partners on the ground like the Segal Foundation who are doing this critical work every day improving water access, improving human health and nutrition, advancing agricultural development, creating, you know, better political um structures and organization in communities to advance this critical work um at that collective level. So it is it is such a pleasure to be able to speak with you about this and this partnership is is so very important to us. Thank you and glad to know about your interesting work. So that brings me to the second question as to uh, how was World Food Prize Foundation created and also let us know about the World Food Prize and its mandate. Yes, yes. So when Norman Borlaug received the Nobel Peace Prize in 1970, the Nobel Committee said in a world where there is hunger and human suffering there can never be peace. Mm-hmm. So for his work in agricultural development, developing those miracle wheat varieties in Mexico that then transformed India and Pakistan and and so many countries around the world and allowed us to improve food production and improve nutrition and and really stave off the suffering and hunger that was projected in the 1960s and 70s to kill hundreds of millions of people. Um that incredible agricultural innovation was recognized with the peace prize. Mm-hmm. So he was in a way snuck through the window of peace. And Dr. Borlaug appreciated that recognition and all that it allowed us to do in agriculture to elevate these issues. But he went to the Nobel Committee and he challenged them and he said in the next 50 years and the next 100 years the most critical challenges we face on the planet are going to be in our food systems. Mm-hmm. It's going to have to do with our nutrition, with our health, with our water, with the sustainability of how we how we manage our soils and how we grow the food that will nourish our bodies um in a way that 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 can preserve our planet. 
And he said, 50, 100 years from now, the most critical challenge are in these areas. We need a prize to elevate those individuals, those innovations that are having an impact so that it's not just about what worked in the 1950s or 60s, yeah. it's what's gonna work in 2030, what's gonna work in 2070? Sure. What is that future need of our planet and our people? So he challenged them to create a new prize and the Nobel Committee considered it and decided not to. So Dr. Borlaug took it upon himself to create the World Food Prize to fill that gap. Okay. to celebrate those real-life heroes every day who are working to end hunger and improve the human condition. His vision was really a great way ahead, yeah. and I think uh, that was well in time the World Food Prize Foundation was founded. Uh, also tell us a little more background about the headquarter building in Des Moines. Yes. Uh, some interesting facts about that building. Absolutely. Well, so, so much so the World Food Prize Hall of Laureates celebrates those heroes in the fight to end hunger and also just tells the broader story of the importance of food mm -hmm. in human history and how it has shaped all of our lives through all of time. It is one of those foundational building blocks of, of life. And so given its critical importance, how do we appreciate it and how do we value the importance of food and, and its meaning every day? So it's this beautiful building, it's over 100 years old, um, and, and it, it has you know over 100 pieces of original artwork celebrating the great heroes in history of food and agriculture. And I hope that you can come visit us in, in Des Moines, in Iowa, um, to be able to, to be in that space and to be able to, to, to feel and experience it for yourself. But one of the really powerful things is that that building is a LEED Platinum building. Okay. And at the time, it was actually one of only three or four in the world that were buildings over 100 years old that had been renovated and refurbished to be also models of sustainability. Mm -hmm. And we were inspired by the Seagal Foundation's incredible mm -hmm. campus and buildings and the priority that you had put on that. And so we really thought it's not just about celebrating the past and the history of food and agriculture. We have to focus and demonstrate the future of it. That means it has to be sustainable. So there are solar panels covering the, the roof of the building, collecting it. There, all the rainwater is harvested and it both waters the gardens and it flushes the toilets and the entire building is self-sustaining. And again, part of showing agriculture of the future is one that is regenerative and, and renewable, mm -hmm. that we have to make sure that we demonstrate it in all things that we do. So um, it's so incredible that, uh, it, that it was the SM Seagal Foundation that in, helped inspire us to see the importance of making this a priority in our own headquarters and our own building. Yeah, as they say, seeing is believing, and uh, you've already invited us all to the headquarters in Des Moines. And Segal Foundation building in Gurugram, Haryana, which is India, is also a green platinum rated building according to LEED uh, standards. So, uh, very nice to know that. And that leads me to the next question uh, as to what are the key global challenges that we face today in the world and also in the future that should be prioritized for action? Absolutely. You know, so many, so many of the key challenges we face now are challenges that we faced 50 years ago. And in some cases, it's the reality is we have not, as a society, prioritized the solutions that are needed to address these issues. And when we look now at, at the world and the issues we face with our growing global population, with the new and emerging diseases that affect not just humans, but plants and animals, and, and, and our understanding of those challenges, you know, everyone now understands that, that water and water mm -hmm. scarcity is going to be of prime importance to our future and our existence and how we conserve and manage those precious resources, how we make sure we're efficiently using it, and making sure that everyone has access to adequate clean water. That is going to be one of the most important things we do regardless. 
gender equality is still one of the most important issues that we have not adequately addressed as a global community. And in many ways, you know, I, I find it so frustrating because it's something we have known better for so long. And throughout human history, the fact that we have marginalized, especially women and girls, and that we have allowed differential outcomes to be the reality when it, it is such a, a, a solution that, that we know the value would have, not just the quality of life improvements to every individual woman and girl in the world, but the impact it would have on every household mm -hmm. and every family, the improvements to our economy, the increases in food production, in every way, our society benefits. Our political systems are more efficient and effective. Everything improves yeah. when we provide full legal, economic, political equality to women and girls. And yet there is still no country in the world where that is the reality. Mm -hmm. um, so again, you know, as we think about water, when we think about, about you know, equality of, of, of gender and addressing other human rights issues and, and, and challenges, these issues are so, so critical. I think, you know, one of the other challenges that we don't talk enough about is that next generation. Are we adequately preparing mm -hmm. young people for the future world they will inherit? Yeah. We make a lot of decisions every day in our, in our jobs, you know, in, in the priorities that we put forward. Those are decisions that will impact the next generation. They don't necessarily have a chance to shape that for themselves. So are we bringing them into these spaces and giving them a true voice and a seat at the table? Yeah. Are we making sure that they are educated adequately, that they are prepared with the experiences and the resources they need to be able to address the issues of 2040, of 2050, of 2060? Yeah. And I think the answer is largely no, they are not. And that's both in agricultural literacy and awareness, but it's also about just an understanding of science of the importance of data and good evidence. Yeah. We are now overwhelmed by information at all times in social media, in television, in radio, in all platforms. That doesn't mean that our population knows how to decipher all of that information or to know what to believe and what not to, what's an opinion, what's evidence. So I think in so many ways, one of the biggest challenges we face is actually that of, are we actually creating a world where people will be able to have the, the, the impact um, on their own future that's needed? And that really is a responsibility that we all carry in making sure that we're, we're changing those systems of power and privilege actively right now so that we, we allow it to happen. Yeah, one thing I recall here is also about uh, our founder, Dr. Segal. He always says that we have to invest in people. Mm -hmm. And as you rightly mentioned, that it's very important that we invest in the future generation and prepare them to address the challenges that uh, face us. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and I think to that point, you know, it's interesting. Dr. Dr. Borlaug's last words were take it to the farmer. Hmm. And I think we have to remember that, that in everything that we do, the farmers, the food producers and processors, the people that are so intimately involved in our food system have to be our primary focus. We have to be centering all of the work that we do around them and making sure that it's meeting their needs and supporting them adequately. And I think so oftentimes, you know, it's not surprising that the the food insecure populations in many countries are the very people that are producing the food. Yeah. And in, in so many ways, I mean, that's, that's the, the kind of the great irony and, and shame of, of, of our system, um, that we don't even center and empower those, those food producers and farmers themselves to have adequate nutrition and to have a livable wage that allows them to provide for their family and live a good and healthy life. Um, so again, remembering to keep farmers at the center of all we do sure. um, and, and making, making sure that we're focused on the family.
True. Uh, thank you so much, Keegan. That brings us to the end of the uh, very informative discussion that we had on food security and regrading our soils and uh, food. So thank you for your time, and we really had a great time talking to you. Oh, thank you, and continue the incredible work that you are doing. Thank you for being with us. Stay tuned for more. You can also listen to these podcasts on Spotify, Apple, and Google.